Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Warrior You podcast, proudly presented by our parent company, Hindsight Leadership and Resilience. I'm your host, Bram Connolly, and this then is my show. A massive shout out to the podcast sponsors, Ironside Coffee and Gym Equipment Specialists, Aussie Strength. And of course, not forgetting Special Operations Research and Development, Sword Australia, for all your tactical equipment and clothing needs. Righto, let's get on with the show. Today, we've got Bram from Warrior U. So Bram is a former Special Forces Commander, best-selling author, podcast host of the Warrior U podcast, and as Bram has spent over 15 years in the Australian Special Forces. So welcome to the podcast, Bram. Um, I just want to clarify. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I just want to clarify. Best That's se- right. The best-selling author part was in Queanbeyan for two weeks in Big W. It was number one for two weeks. So um, massive shout-out to the Queanbeyan um, 13 people that bought it from Big W. So thanks very much for them. Did you actually get a stat of where it was from, did you? Yeah. Yeah, it was like that is amazing. Yeah, it wasn't like New York Times bestseller list, although that's the, <laughs> that's the goal for this year with the leadership book. But um, yeah, no, it was Queen Bean. I think thirteen people bought it on one day in Queen Bean, and it was probably a whole heap of bloody ad for, you know, cadets or something. Yeah, right. Did you, you need to go there and do a, a book signing, I reckon, and just try and relaunch it, see how we go. How how good's Queen Bean? <laughs> <laughs> no dramas, mate. Well. Mate, tell us a little bit more about you. You know, how many kids you have, what, what you're currently doing now. Uh, I've got two sons that I know of, um, Matthew and Andrew. And uh, yeah, so two kids. We live in Perth now. And did I say they were 10 and 7? Did I say that? I'm not sure. No, but... They're 10 and 7. No, that's all right. Yeah. 10 and um, 7, perfect. Yeah. And so we were, we were sort of latecomers to parenthood, to be fair. So I was, what, 35, just gone... 35 when we had uh, Matthew and that was in between in between deployments to Afghanistan so yeah so I was a a previous life prior to podcasting and writing books and leadership Um, as you said I was in special forces for for most of my military career in uh, four-hour commando and second commando regiment and so married late and then had kids later than most people and then at the end of that career we moved to Dubai actually and that's where that's where we raised the boys for the last um, for the best part of five years, and then we we've moved back recently to Australia a couple of years ago. Yeah, fantastic, mate. And how did you go? I guess you know, knowing how hectic the special forces deployments were, you know, back to back. How was that with the the wife obviously running the show back, and you trying to fit in fatherhood and you know a stressful job in you know the special forces? Yeah, so we we met prior to my first deployment to Afghanistan and we were, we were only dating at that point and you know I, and I loved being deployed always have and then 
I guess um, when we had that year in between my two deployments, I was in the national counterterrorism team at the time. I was the head of the sniper platoon, and you know it was a massive year. We got we got married, and then not long after we were married, Matthew came along. So you don't need to do the maths for that one. And um, yeah, and and we're sort of like a power couple, I guess. We have our own separate like lives and jobs and work, but we we come together as a really solid team. There was a lot of outsourcing, to be honest, for that year. You know, we had to have nannies and, and used a lot of family as well. In fact, that's been a pretty much a, a stable thing we've had to do through the boys' childhood to date is to get, a, you know, we've paid a lot of our salary goes to care for the boys, whether that was having them in, uh, you know, having them in childcare at one stage to then also having full-time you know, help um, when we were living over in over in Dubai. Um, so we find that we we prioritise because our careers and we we're at the point in our careers where they're really important. We've had to use a lot of the wealth that we've accumulated to actually having, you know, ex, extra care for the kids so that we can focus on those things. But um, I'll, I'll talk to you a little bit about that later on about how I set priorities if you like and schedules because I think it's pretty important yeah for sure and was that one of the driving forces behind leaving the military having the kids or 20 years was enough and it was just time to move on to the next chapter of your life mate I I miss I miss second commando regiment desperately like I miss special forces desperately um, and I didn't want to leave, to be fair, but I sort of found I found that I had to do... So I was at that stage in my life where I knew that if I wanted to be creative, I had to do something else away from the military. And on my second deployment, I, I stepped on an IED um, and it didn't go off. So it's an improvised explosive device. And it didn't go off, um, although it was brand new in the ground. And the, the batteries were flat. And then not long after that, one of the guys, an intelligence guy in my platoon, a few days later, was pulling on a piece of, you know, something in the ground next to me while I was having a meeting with a whole heap of, you know, um, Afghan sort of having a shura with some Afghan village elders. And I looked down and I realized he was pulling deck cord out of the ground. I had to stop him. I said, what the hell are you doing, mate? You know, so that was, then there was an IED there, huge IED actually. And so there was this, you're always sort of on the edge of, you just make one wrong decision in Afghanistan, especially, you know, as special forces who spend 90% of the time outside the wire, outside the wire back then, you know, patrolling around in and amongst the people, hearts and minds, all that sort of stuff. And it's very, it's a very, it's a job where it's, it can, you can die very quickly. And I realized with a young son that perhaps that was being selfish of me as much as I love it, that now my priorities had to change and the priorities had to become him and my wife and then and then ultimately our second son as well. Um, and so for me, yeah, so, so long, long answer to your question, I miss it desperately, but at the same time, I had to reinvent myself and change my priorities to other people other than myself. It's a very selfish job, Special Forces, to be fair. Yeah. Mate, uh, you always hear a lot of, I guess, veterans in general, that transition, you know, from, you know, I guess the military out to civilian life what how how do you find transition from such a high intensity you know specialized job to you know the job that you were in when you left and then furthermore to that in dubai look at what look at what they say they miss it's always their mates it is yep. it's generally like i miss i miss the guys or i miss the guys and the girls and the camaraderie that's another word 
for me, it wasn't just the mates. It was also my persona, who I was. I was Major Bram Connolly, DSM. Like I was this, I was this, people saluted me. Like I don't get saluted walking into bloody Big W in Queanbeyan. You know, yeah. <laughs> like it just like so. It, that, so suddenly that disappears, and so that 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 sort of persona goes, and so you've got to reinvent yourself when you leave. And I, there was, look, I'm not going to sit here and change my narrative and say there was dark days like other people are having. I didn't have those bad experiences. I just left, and I was depressed a little bit, but I knew why I was depressed because I was no longer that guy. I'd been this special forces guy. I was around weapons. I got to play with blooming H&Ks and Glocks and the whole arsenal of the sniper platoon for the National Counterterrorism Team. Go in the armory and play with all this cool kit. It's like Barbie for men, you know? And then suddenly yeah. it wasn't doing it, you know? And I had to find a new thing. And for me, I'm just lucky that, you know, I, I looked internal and knew that I was creative. So I wrote some books about the military and then I went into a job that was about the military. And then I and now I work in leadership, which is from the experiences I've had in the military. So, in some ways, 20 years in the army is a really good launching pad to do something else. I feel sorry for the young guys and girls who've done their mandatory four years or you know three or four years and then they get out and they don't realise that they were that thing and now they don't have that. You know, Whereas I was lucky enough to, to, to use 20 years to find what I was good at and then go and chase after those new goals. Transition's difficult. And I often say, if you're going to get out of the army, if you're going to get out of the defence force and you haven't got a plan, then you're in trouble. But I also think if you're going to join the defence force, if you don't join with a view to getting out one day, then you're, even, you're in even more trouble. You know, you have to go into it with your eyes wide open, understand that it's an establishment, that they're going to mould you in a certain way, but get out of it what you can from the day you get in. And have a view to getting out, whether that's I want to be an entrepreneur in six years or I want to do a trade and then get out and start my own business or I want to be a PT, you know, or, or whatever it is, you know, but you have to go in on day one with a view to getting out one day because every there's one thing that's certain. No one stays in forever. Yeah, 100%. And I think that's something I've, you know, obviously being former army as well, it's, you know, passing on that knowledge to different people that come to me for advice and it's that one thing that I always recommend is if you're going to go into a job, let's say the infantry where there's no skill set on the outside, you don't come out with any qualifications that you can transverse to civilian life unless you're doing, you know, your, your sub one or sub two or something like that where you can, you know, get a few extra qualifications. But, you know, go to a trade or go to uni or study, you know, a TAFE or an online course while you're actually in there because oh, man. It's, it's just so hard to. Yeah. Don't leave. And this is the other thing, right? And this will piss a few people off. Don't leave the defence force, the army. Don't leave infantry, right? And then and then bleat and whinge that you've got nothing, right? I did I did a degree in Afghanistan while I was in command of Yankee platoon. I was doing my degree part time. I had I had sleep deprivation when I wasn't planning, you know, night raids. I was doing peace studies at uni at UNE as part of my international relations degree. So I don't want to hear victim narrative about this stuff. Take control. Have have ownership of who you are. Right, And if you're getting out and you've got nothing, well, that's on you. That's on you. It wasn't the establishment. You joined knowing what you were joining for. They didn't, you didn't join with them saying, hey, we're going to give you a great business bloody degree at the end of it, which, by the way, you know, I did an MBA in between, the two, in between two jobs. Like, go and study. You know? Mind you, I didn't finish the MBA because I suck at accounting, so I changed it to a grad cert in management. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's a whole other story. Right? But I suck, <laughs> at, I suck at some stuff. 
just like everyone does. But look, look, you know, don't I don't want to hear victims like control your own narrative. I'm so sick and tired of hearing the victim narrative about how the army screwed people or the defense force screwed people. No, you signed up, and you knew what you were signing up for. And it's like it's like the male equivalent being in the infantry back in when I joined was like the male equivalent of becoming a stripper. It's what you did because you didn't have something else to do. But then there's been plenty of strippers that have turned out to be bloody brilliant business people, I'm sure, the same as there, there has plenty of infantry guys have turned out to be brilliant business people. You know, just go and do something in your own time. Don't blame the ADF. God, yeah, I'm gonna, all these strippers okay. are going to contact you now and say you shouldn't have been talking about that on your podcast. Sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> mate, we'll be able to get Magic Mike on the Warrior You podcast. and Oh, imagine it. You can, you can talk to him about it. <laughs> So, mate, you mentioned your leadership book. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Is there any information about that upcoming book this year? Awesome. Great. Um, thanks, man. That's a good good segue into, segue into uh, leadership. So, look, I, I, I sort of toyed with the idea of – I've written the two military fiction books and then, I, and then I sort of toyed with the idea of writing, you know, like a, I don't know, memoir or something. And in the end, I thought, well, what I really know a lot about is leadership – not necessarily um, because I'm good at it, but because I had to do it as a job and I had to learn a lot about it. And a lot of the things that I've learned about it over the years were through hard lessons, doing things wrong. I mean, I'm one of those people who needs to do something to learn it and I'm also one of those people who needs to stuff it up to really understand it. Yeah, so I'm not saying I was a great leader, but I learned a lot about leadership. And I think, I think the guys at the end of my career would probably all agree that I was an effective leader at the end. I knew what I was doing. Well, I hope so. They went to war with me. Um, and so, so I've written this book called Mission Focus, you know, and it's all of my sort of leadership, human optimization, resilience sort of lessons that I've learned in my 20-year career. Um, and I wrote it initially thinking to myself, oh, this could help one person be better. Um, and, yeah, so it's like it's, it's 90,000 words of what was initially dribble and it slowly turned into something I think is going to be quite profound for a lot of people. I do think that leadership is getting someone to do what you want them to do because they want to do it, which is Simon Sinek's version of leadership. Then I think that's captured in this book. But I think it's even more than that. I'm starting to think now that leadership is all about situation. It's all about what's happening right here and right now in the current situation of the person you're talking to or interacting with. And you need to be able to change and adapt to whatever that situation is. And I think that's really what that, that book, Mission Focus, is going to be all about um, when it finally hits the shelves, probably around Father's Day, actually. I'm sure I can come, okay. on, and come on and spruik it prior to it. Oh, mate, for sure. We'll, we'll definitely do a shout-out and we'll, we'll even get a couple of copies off you and uh, give them away to some of the Fit Dad community members as well. Yeah. I'll, I'll buy a couple and one, shoot them out there and one as of gifts. The, so. One of the really profound things that came out of writing the book, mate, and, and conversations with people like yourself and other people, other dads too, there's something I say in there is like, you show me you show me your daily schedule and I'll show you your priorities. And I mean, I don't, I'm not talking about you sit in front of me and show me where you've written it. Some people don't write it, but their daily schedule is whatever's happened on that day. And you show me what you do day in, day out and what you allocate time to and I'll show you where your priorities truly are. Because if you say oh, my daily schedule is this. I get up and I work out between 5 a.m. and 6 a.m. every day. Okay, well, that's your, your priority is to be fit, dude. That's good. Good priority. And, and then if you say, you know, and then, you know, then my time, that one of the buckets of time that I have is then between, you know, 6 and 8 in the morning for the kids. 
Well, you've made that a priority. Your kids are your priority. But if there's nothing in your daily schedule around your kids, if there's nothing in your daily schedule around, you know, if your daily schedule is around answering your Instagram inbox, well, then your priority is somewhere else. And I think that was one of the really, for me, I looked at that and went, Jesus, I've got a few priorities that are a little bit askew here and I need to go and change. And some of, some of what I've done, I mean, I've learned while writing that book, I've learned about some structure that I've need to put in place to get the most out of myself because I didn't have the structure there that I was telling everyone about. When I knew it, but I didn't have the right structure. And now I do. And it's because I wrote that book. Yeah. Mate, that, it's sort of funny enough, I've read that on your LinkedIn uh, post. I think you posted about it or put an article about it um, this morning. And um, I was actually, it made me have a look at myself as well and, you know, just reevaluate everything I've done over the last 72 hours and go, geez, you've, it's school holidays, it's just over New Year's, but you're putting all this time into the business, you know, get off your computer, put the phone down, get outside and play with the kids. But Leroy, you know, like, that's, that's, you're a, running. that's part of your, I would put it to you that that's interesting in itself because that's your priority. You, you know, your podcast, which is an amazing resource, your podcast is reaching, is leadership. It's reaching all these people and you know it and it is a priority. And so, so I wouldn't beat yourself up over that, but I'd also go, if you're talking about, and I, and I see what you post about the kids, you know, and they're blessed to have a father like you, you know, there, there, is, there is a priority there as well. Like you show that, you show that through your leadership, you know. Yeah, I'm posting about my kids, but, you know, you had to be present to have those photos. You needed to be, you know, you're thinking about them. This is, this is quality, quality, you know, stuff. Thank you, mate. Very kind words. You talk about, obviously, priorities, leadership, and how, how do you find that ties into time management? It's something that a lot of fathers that we deal with, you know, in the community and, you know, all the coaching clients struggle with so much. Like they've, whenever we first have that first conversation with them, no, no one's got enough time. You know, they've got no time to do this, that and everything else, let alone, you know, a 15 minute, 20 minute workout per day. Until yeah. we, okay. you know, we, we give them a basic time management exercise, but it's until they actually put everything down on paper and realize they've spent 30 hours on Facebook, 10 on Instagram, yeah. five on YouTube. They just don't. And I think that ties into priorities. Mate, I, I took, I took, you know, 30 plus guys to Afghanistan, you know, special forces platoon. And, and what do you reckon I did every, before we did every single job, you know, I sat down and I wrote orders for them and I delivered them orders. And sometimes I was up at night and okay. So just, just think of that. Okay. And now I say to people who reach out to me, uh, you know, to, to get their, you know, for leadership training or for companies like, you know, some big companies that I work with. And I say to them, hey, what I want you to do is in the morning, I want you to get up and I want you to leave the house. I don't want you to look at your phone. I want you to take a moleskin diary with you. And I want you to go to a cafe at six o'clock in the morning or 5.30 in the morning, whatever. And I want you to go and write, you know, down what, what gratitude you have for the day. And I and I, I can hear some some of the dads right now going, oh god, here we go, another journaler, <laughs> gratitude. I oh, know, I get it, I get that. It's stupid, it's ridiculous. Except when you when you when you look at this analogously, I used to take guys to Afghanistan to go into combat, and I used to sit down and write out their orders. It's the same thing, right? I'm asking you to sit down in the morning, and go, okay, I've got, I have gratitude for this, and write down a paragraph. And if you don't have anything, make it up. Just write something positive coming out of that head of yours onto a paper, right? And then write down, okay, these are my tasks for today, you know? So on the left hand of the page, I write down what, you know, what I'm grateful for. 
And, and today I wrote down that I was grateful for coming out of my not-so-great childhood unscathed, you know, and, and not, a, not a complete mess-up from it, you know, because I could have been. And so I wrote that down and I wrote down, you know, a bit more around that, personal stuff. And then on the page next to it, I wrote my to-dos and I wrote down a whole heap of little to-dos like go to the post office, you know, send an email to such and such, go and drop something off at the storage container. You know, these were all easy wins for me. So I'm ticking them off, I'm ticking them off, I'm ticking them off. And then I've got three things in there which are going to require me to turn off all my computers. They're going to require me to turn off my phone. I'm going to have to sit in front of something and I'm going to sit there and build something. I need to, you know, one of them is a really difficult piece of work that needs to be done for a client and it's going to take my attention for around one and a half hours, solid attention, you know. But I'll have all these little wins and then I'll get to the big one and I'll do it. And so for me, it's about, and then that win Wins create wins. It's no, there isn't, success creates success. The more little successes you have, the, the best big success is coming from it. It's all about consistent application. And so for me, I have all these little wins in the morning and then I'm going to focus myself on that big win in the afternoon and then I'm going to turn everything back on and let it distract me. But, you know, I've interviewed enough people over the last two years and I mean high performers at the top of their game and plenty more of them to come and the one thing the one thing that I've worked out in that whole time, the thing that the most successful people do is they do things with intent. They are intentional. So they don't go through things without a plan. They sit there, they write out a plan, and they do things with intent. And I think the next big superpower that's coming, I honestly believe this, if you can be intentional and not distracted, if you can be intentional and not distracted, you are more valuable than anyone else you're working with. Because being distracted is suddenly become a commodity. Everyone's distracted. And so no work gets done properly. But if you can sit in front of a computer and turn it all off so that it's just you and a Word document and you can sit there or a PowerPoint or whatever it is and not be distracted, that's a superpower, mate. Yeah, 100%. I agree with you. In this digital world, you know, even the kids, you, you see them, they get distracted by what's on TV with their 100 toys over here and their iPad over there and you know everything else it's just and how do you, you know, they, they know no better though how do you yeah. deal with that because i'm I, I do struggle with my boys with technology and I, I feel like i'm always playing the bad guy by taking it off them yeah i i've just played the bad guy right then actually just before the podcast so i thought i'd get the boys out of the house for a couple of hours went over to mum and dad's to use that pool because it's about 30 degrees here and mm. you know nice and hot and after about 15 minutes of just you know playing like we had uh, some blow up like boats there and we're just playing like battle boats and you know jumping around playing around and harry which is my eldest boy he just would not stop you know hurting his younger brother who's only three so harry's six tanner's uh three and just kept jumping on him dumping under the water and tanner still wears a floaty so you know dumping under water and not very confident with his you know swim here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I mean, as yet, um, you know, he was just getting, you know, sick of it. It was crying nonstop and they were both ratty. And I just said, boys, pack up. We're going home. 
you know, and just got them out the door, said goodbye to mum on the way out and said, you know, there's no TV for the rest of the day. You can play with whatever toys are in your bedroom and you can have some time out because, you know, it's just getting to that point where, you know, I don't know, it, not, not that they don't listen, but they very, live a very, I guess, gifted life where we're, we're, we discipline them, but they never have a need for anything. You know, if they want to watch TV, if they want to eat their favorite food, if they want to go to the beach and go for a swim, you know, we're very accommodating. And I think that ties in with a lot to do with, I guess, the the business being the Fit Dad lifestyle is, mm. you know, we're constantly out doing different content or going on holidays and doing this, that and everything else for the business that they get to do probably a lot more than mm. what you typical kids wouldn't. Um, You'd be surprised. There's a lot of there's a lot of kids out there with a lot of privilege. Oh, mate, 100%. So I think it's good just to ground them mm. and, you know, put like like we grew up, you know, we, when we got told enough's enough, go to your room, yeah. we didn't have, you know, PlayStation, we didn't have Netflix, we didn't have computers. It was mm. go to your room and maybe flick marbles into the wall for the next yeah. hour or something like that. Yeah, so yeah. I think it's good just to, you know, ground them completely away from technology. And, and you know, it ended up being good. We, we got home, he went in his room, and he's got an obsession with shells at the moment. So he had about 50 shells laid out in his bed, and I walked in his room just to make sure everything was okay and see what he's up to. And, you know, I actually chucked my phone on my, on my desk in my office and went and played shells with him, mm. you know, looked at all the different cool shells and, you know, allowed us to bond again after, you know, getting angry at him for mm. not listening and, you know, giving him that time yeah. out, which sort of put us back on that mutual ground. And, nice. You know, now we can continue the day. So. I find, I mean, I find parenting a harder leadership exercise than I found all the leadership, you know, responsibilities I had over the years in the military. I mean, you know, my kids aren't specially selected and specially trained to be my kids, <laughs> unlike the platoon that I was lucky enough to yeah. have at the end of my career. But there were still challenges there, leadership challenges. But I find this a harder leadership journey. And I find it harder because it's more about me than them. It's more about you know me, me and my emotional responses to things, and I find that harder to, you know, if you if if a man bloody does the wrong thing, and you've got to have that courageous conversation with him, then you're prepared to do that, and you stand in front of him and go, hey man, you made a mistake here, or you stuffed this up, or I'm disappointed in you, blah blah blah. But if your kid does something stupid in front of you, you know, it's it's a completely different type of res- emotional response that you have to intervene with. You know, I find it really difficult. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Like. Give me any complex task, give me 20 hours of work to do, give me a you know a deadline to get done in 10 hours and I'll have the time of my life getting it done. But give me a angry, whiny, screamy kid who I have to discipline or deal with emotions for two hours and it's a totally different ballgame. Yeah. It, it's, you know, and it's tough, you know, and I don't know, like you've got two boys who are a lot older than uh, my boys, but two boys, I think they just play off each other and mm. it just amplifies to that whole new level yeah i start to think that you know uh, one of the things that i like to do in my own business in leadership business and i give this um you know i give people this strategy of circuit breakers so yep if it gets to a point where it's getting heated then you need to go and do something together that's completely separate to work as a circuit breaker it's the same with kids you know the two kids are at each other, then there needs to be a circuit breaker. And sometimes that's sending one to their room or, or sometimes it's just changing the activity. Sometimes it's just turning the music off. You know, or sometimes it's turning the music on. Like it's, it, it just yeah. needs a circuit breaker. Mm. Yeah. No, I think that the circuit breaker is, you know, I, I used that yesterday. I was 
working in the office and I could hear them just getting louder and louder and the wife was a bit sick out in the lounge room and I went out there, grabbed the keys and I said, we're going. And they said, where? And I said, it's a surprise. And we jumped down, went straight to the beach and just looked for shells and, you know, just played and come home, they're fine again. You know, yeah. I think that circuit breaker that you just mentioned then is, you know, spot on and, and it works every time. Yeah, you don't realise how tired they are after school either until the school holidays and they're not tired. You realise that school yeah. wrecks them. And- <laughs> I think that was one of my threats to that. I said, right, you're going to daycare tomorrow if you keep this up or it was something like that and he was like, oh, you know, Jesus, I'm better switch back on. Yeah. So, but mate, a lot of our followers, I guess, uh, follow you on Instagram. You were one of the you know most requested uh, people in the in in the recent poll that I did on what podcast guests we should come on. And and a lot of the things that we find with you is how dedicated you are to your fitness. And you know, obviously, you know, following your recent last three days of twenty twenty, you know, you're doing ten k's a day, you know, for the next ten days, and you know, you're still in there doing all these different you know CrossFit type workouts in your gym. How do you manage to fit? your fitness routine into your you know busy schedule in between everything else that you got going on yeah well i guess like i said to you before you sh- you know you show me a person's you know schedule and i'll show you their priorities so for me it's early morning time between five and eight in the morning is generally my time so i'll do what i can then and it helps that i've got my own gym in the garage so i'll you know take the boys out there i'll do a workout and what you don't see is they're they're the ones holding the camera you know, or they're the ones. You know, there's been a lot of bloopers over the years, um, but also I don't do. You know, I've got a CrossFit membership as well with CrossFit Euphonics. So some, you know, sometimes I go there and you know, just for, if I need camaraderie. Otherwise, I just go out in the gym and I just do something. And those the CrossFit workouts are, you know, some of them are high intensity interval training, 25 minutes. So they're not huge, you know. Or I might, and I've got it broken down on the board of what I do. Like every Sunday, I deadlift. You know, every Friday, Olympic lift. Like I'm not. I'm not training for anything at the moment other than just to, to be fit. So if I was training for something, that would be completely different. Like when I was racing triathlon, that was 18 hours a week of training and that was structured training and that, you know, come hell or high water, I was doing those training sessions. But at what cost? Like it was completely affecting because suddenly your food is driven by that. You know, your sleep is driven by that. Everything, it drives everything. Whereas now it's a, it's just a priority and it's just as much for my mental fitness as it is for my physical fitness. It's just just get out there and get it done. Um, and I, people say they don't have time for it. You know, you'll find time if it's a priority. Yeah, hundred percent. You sort of touched on something then about the food and the training and and taking over. You know, control. I'm sort of going through that at the moment. I've just launched into a sixty day program where I've gone full strict. Like my diet is not going to be one bit of chocolate one drop of alcohol, you know, one mm. bad meal over the next 60 days. And, you know, I've, I'm, I usually preach against it. I usually preach more balanced lifestyle, but something for my mental health and actually trying to prove to myself that I can stick to something. Like I've done challenges in the past where I've always had an out, you know, okay, Saturday night's going to be my cheap meal or, mm. you know, every time I go to the servo and fill up fuel, I'll, I'll grab a chocolate bar. And there was always, you know, an excuse somewhere so this time i want to do it as a test you know and, I, and i'm documenting everything as well so like this, i'm putting videos up on youtube every day to prove this and i actually you know threw 25 grand uh towards my fit dad community saying i'll give them all free supplements for a year if i fail to do this yeah. so i needed something of that level there to keep me accountable for for this mission but it, it's just something I'm, I want to do to prove to myself and, and to the other fathers out there, you know, following us that, you know, hey, 
you can do this and this is what you can actually push your body towards Man, if I you, you know, I, stick with it 100%. I think, I think you used a word in there which was mission, right? So my whole life has been a series of missions. Some of them were fucking real missions, mate, like as in life and death. And some of them weren't, but they probably were and I didn't even know it. And this 10, this 10 kilometers for 10 days doesn't sound like very much. It's not, right? It's not that big a deal. It's 10 kilometers for 10 days. And I've got some... The thing is, some people have jumped on that. Let's do it. There's other people are saying, I'm going to do this as well, which I really appreciate. You know, I appreciate the fact that they're, that they're doing that. But the Warrior You tagline, the whole idea of it is to prove to people that you are your most important mission. You know? And now what you've done is you've, you've left the army years ago. You know? You're doing the fit dad lifestyle and you're doing a great job of it. And you've just given yourself a mission. right? You've given yourself a mission. Because it gives you purpose. It gives you a sense of purpose. And other people look at that and they get inspired by it. And if one person goes, yeah, that's, that's going to change my life, then they'll do it too. You know? and, and again, you're not trying to do it because you're trying to make money, but you're, you're setting a structured thing up to achieve. It's just like, I'm going to do this mission. You know? And that's what I want more people to do. That's what more dads should do with their kids. You know, even if their mission was like, hey, my mission is I'm going to tuck my, my kid into bed every night for, for, for three weeks. Who knows what you might glean from that. But yeah, I think it's I think it's awesome, dude. And I saw what you're eating, and um, yeah, I think you're crazy. Yeah, mate, I feel crazy. I'm going. I've gone off a good December luck. of about a block of chocolate yeah. a day, and you know, Coronas every night, yeah. and just absolutely living the best festive lifestyle I possibly can. And yeah. all of a sudden, cold turkey first of January, and was yeah. like the cupboards, the fridge is still full of all leftovers. I'm like, oh, you what know, am I doing? and you what know yourself, you, you can't. And listen, 10, 10 kilometers for ten days, you can't outrun a bad diet. You know, no, hundred percent. I mean, I could run a hundred kilometers yeah. for ten days and eat like a pig and not lose any weight. You know, or maybe I would. Yeah, but you know, you know what I'm saying. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be good weight. It, you know, it'll be muscle weight. So you can't outrun a, a good diet. So what you're going to do is going to have profound effects on 2020 for you. I think. Good. Oh, mate, hundred percent. And you know, one of one of the things, and this is probably something that a lot of the guys listening can take home, is my fitness pal. I reckon is one of the most underrated things out there for yeah. anybody. It. You know, one, you can track absolutely everything you, you eat and, you know, set that towards, you know, whether it's a calorie deficit or, you know, whatever type of diet you're, you're trying to go towards. But I'm finding myself only three days in, and, and I've done it previously, so I know what it's all about, but obsessing over documenting every meal. And, you know, as soon as I wake up in the morning, I go, go to the toilet, jump on the scales, and all I need to see is that scales dropping down or that, that change in the mirror or something like that, and bang. I know for a fact that that day is not going to get away from me. Like yeah. that, that nutrition, that training, that recovery, that rehab, whatever I need to do that day, I've had that you know uh, tick of approval yeah. either via the scales, via whatever else. So yeah, if anyone's listening, it, yeah. it's a free app or you can get the paid version if you want. But my fitness pal is probably one of the best tools that you can get if to track I, your, your fitness and nutrition. I used it. I used it when I was at my fittest. Um, in, in 2016, I was hitting CrossFit pretty hard. I was using my fitness power and I was down around 10% body fat. I've used it since and I haven't had much joy with it. But what I find, and that's just because I'm not committed, but what I find works also really well is structure, structure around food. So eating, so seeing food as fuel, not food as enjoyment. And so for me, if I understand that, okay, in the morning I'm going to have a smoothie with a tablespoon of peanut butter, one one um, serving of you know the Jocko Willock Malk bloody protein, water, ice, spinach, blueberries, and and that is this many calories. And I have that in the morning. That's my meal in the morning. And then for lunch, 
I'm going to have scrambled eggs. You know, scram- scrambled eggs, two pieces of bacon, an orange juice, and a handful of nuts. Right? And then at dinner time, I'm going to have meat and salad. And then, if I, and then that structure, if you have that structure in your life and then you just do that, that, that achieves the same thing as my fitness power, except you're not tracking macros. Because my fitness power will let you go down to the nth degree of the macronutrients you're getting as well. It's a bloody complicated thing. It's good. Can can take photos of yeah. barcodes. You can know, you know, you can you can get it down to the two thousand two hundred and fifty calories per day. You know, oh, I can have a I can have a cornflake of you know corn, a bowl of cornflakes <laughs> to make you know at nine o'clock at night to get to the you know what I mean. I was doing that. I was so in yep. deficit from calories. Like I was going, oh well, I can have I can have crunchy nut cornflakes now, and it was like it was like taking heroin. Like I wanted, like I was like yes, you know. But for me. That you be- I become obsessed with that stuff. So rather than be obsessed about it, I just like to put structure in its place. And, you know, you've heard me, you know, if I could preach one thing to the, to the dads out there, it's consistency. And, and I mean, it's, it's consistency in your training, it's consistency in your efforts, it's consistency in your behavior, and it's consistency in structure. And it doesn't matter if, if, you're, incon- if you're inconsistent, you'll get the same outcome as being consistent just on the other end of the spectrum. You know, if you consistently yeah. eat crap and consistently drink beer and consistently be an asshole, then you will get you will get what you deserve because you're being consistent. Well done, you. You know, but if you are consistently eating the right things, consistently drinking the right amount of water, consistently behaving in the right way, then you're also going to get what you deserve, and it's going to be good. Consistency is everything. Consistency and structure. You know, and believe it or not, I mean, Jocko Willink talks about you know. Um, discipline equals freedom. Well, it's it, it's it's more than that. Even it's easy to say that when you you know rich, you know it's it's yeah, structure, it's structure and consistency. Structure and consistency. Just structure and consistency. Yeah, mate. And that, mate, structure and consistency probably ties us into my next question. Can you tell everyone a little bit more about Worry You? You know the preparation that you do for people joining the military and also the podcast that you run. Yeah, yeah. So. The main business is is the podcast, and for me, the podcast is around leadership, human optimization, and resilience. And I, I like to learn things from other people that we can then share with our our listeners. And then we have we've developed this this military preparedness course, online course, as well as a fitness program and course, which has been really effective in stopping people from getting the culture shock of the ADF when they get there if they do that course. And it can be, it's a year-long course, but it can be done in two or three months or it can be done, it can be done over the whole year. And for me, it was one of those things where we like to have mentors that can reach out to people and help them. There's a discussion board. There's a whole community at the back end of the Warrior You podcast. And I think that the, the key thing we try and push through that, through that whole course is exactly what I was talking about before is structure and consistency. If you understand, if you understand the culture of the organization that you're going into, then you're less likely to be shocked out of it through Kapuka and Singleton, for instance, for the army. And that's what Warrior U is all about. It's about giving people a leg up so that they understand the culture before they get there. And they're better prepared. Preparation is everything. So what is it? It's $300 for the course, for the complete course. And there's, I think there is 50 hours worth of online, online Moodle content, which is an adult learning environment where they go and interact with it. There's things like there's leadership lessons, there's there's the ranks of the ADF in there, there's the fitness program, there's survival, some optimization and resilience work, 
whole heap of field craft. I think 12 hours of navigation stuff, which I, I, I built personally, which people seem to love. Um, it's all on. It's all on. It's all online. Of all the people who've done the course, and I'm not. This is not just saying this. Anyone who's done that course have had a hundred percent success rate. So if they've done the full Warrior U fitness course and the preparation course, and they've gone to Kapuka, they've they've lasted the distance. Yeah, fantastic. Well, mate, I'll make sure I put a link to that course and Thanks, obviously the podcast in the description. Mm-hmm. So anyone looking to join the army over the next you know 12 months two years or or defense force in general um yeah make sure you jump on that course and you know get prepared the right way so you know you can avoid that failure once you get there and build you up for that success so bram what advice would you have for new fathers out there or fathers in general about achieving success with their health and fitness fatherhood or you know any of their businesses that they might run yeah i think they have to see that relationship with their wife and and understand first and foremost, just how big a commitment that already is from their partner. And then you've got to play second fiddle for a little bit. So if that means at night while they're up feeding, you're up unpacking the dishwasher and doing meal prep for the next day and then helping them achieve their fitness goals as well because they've taken a big knock if you think about what they've had to go through. you know. And I think that is that, that understanding is probably the, the key start of it. And then it's just a lifelong journey you know, of understanding that, that you are not the priority anymore. You know, selfishly, um, there's other people that rely on you and emulate what you do. And so, you know, you asked me before about fitness and my, my kids see this, like they see it. So, and they come out and they set up little workouts, you know, as well. And and so I think that emulation is the key. So going out there, doing the right thing, it's there to be witnessed. And if you're doing the right thing with your kids, then, then they're going to have a, a, a lifelong journey of fitness as well. I think that's really important, you know, but so yeah, break it down. I'd say, first of all, be empathetic to your partner, understand that they've got what they've gone through and then try and support them in their fitness goals in the first instance. And then over time, let your kids witness you being better than what you were yesterday, you know, just doing something. And it can be as simple as going out and doing, go and set yourself challenges and missions like you and I talked about, go and do 30 burpees for 30 days, you know. And make it a priority. You show me your schedule, I'll show you your priorities. If you schedule in 30 burpees every day in front of your kids at 8 o'clock in the morning, there it is. You've just shown leadership. Yeah, mate. No, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. That's some perfect advice and you know, something that a lot of fathers listening right now can you know, start to implement in their own life. Mate, look at winding up. First of all, I just want to touch on you've got an event in Brisbane coming up is it july june or july in 2020 uh early planning stages looks like july it's going to be a day a day long uh leadership resilience human optimization conference and then it will end in a live podcast at the end of the day so um it's going to be some it's going to be some big names big multimedia yeah make sure you follow worry you on instagram i'm i'm sure you'll hear it first on there and um be able to get in touch with bram to get yourself some tickets to to that conference so mate we'll look at winding up where can people find you what have you got coming up that um you might want to you know put out there for for the crew and um yeah mate i think instagram is probably probably the key place where i'm active so it's warriorau.australia the website which is just www.podcast.com dot warrioru.com.au and yeah i'd love people to jump on the instagram have a chat with me you know talk to me about leadership um send me any leadership questions you might have leadership resilience human optimization um yeah and if you want i'll include it in the book as well a lot of people have 
given me some good ideas for the book, which has been, um, you know, uh, really beneficial actually to its development. Fantastic, mate. Well, I'll make sure I have all those links and everything uh, about where are you and yourself uh, Thanks, mate, in right. the show notes. So okay. if you haven't written it down while you've been listening, make sure you go to the description and you'll be able to have a look there and go find Bram uh, from there. So, <laughs> Mate, thanks a lot for taking the time out of your busy schedule to jump on the Fit Dad Lifestyle podcast. I appreciate it. And um, yeah, guys, make sure you screenshot this episode, share it in your Instagram story, tagging the Fit Dad Lifestyle and Worry You Australia um, so we know you're listening. And also let us know what bit of Bram's advice you know you you took on board and you know hit home the most for you. So thanks a lot, mate. I appreciate it. Thanks, Leroy. I appreciate it, man. Righto. Thanks for listening, gang. If you'd like to find out about our parent company and the leadership and resilience training and workshops that they offer, please head to the Hindsight Leadership website, www.hindsightleadership.com. Hindsight Leadership, all one word. If you'd like to donate to the podcast and remember every dollar helps, you can do that through the podcast website at www.podcast.warrioru.com.au. There's a donation tab at the bottom of the main page and all donations are really appreciated. They keep the show on the road. And if you're interested in the Warrior U military preparation course, whether that's just the physical training component or the whole cultural training package, this can also be found through the podcast website, www.podcast.warrioru.com.au. And just click on the training tab. Remember, we're going to be in Brisbane in 2020, in July for a massive day of leadership and resilience training workshop and live podcast. So uh, keep it locked in your diary. Righto. Thanks for listening and live a life worth living. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.